the name of God who loves us, who once walked among us, and who spurs us ever on. Amen. Well, as you can clearly see, um, Laura was slated to preach today. She called me late yesterday and said that she had the flu. And poor thing, is not feeling well at all. So, given the metaphor of the day, we went to the bench, and we called the second stringer out, and I strapped my helmet on, and here I am. Um, so, a couple of weeks ago, I heard, I don't know if any of you listened to Krista Tippett and her On Being show. She does that, I think it's still on Sunday mornings, right? And I don't get to hear it, but I podcast it all the time. Um, and so, she had one a couple of weeks ago with Parker Palmer and with a woman named, um, a young woman named Courtney Miller. Parker Palmer, you may know, Parker Palmer is, is the quintessential educator of our time. He's a Quaker. He spent uh, 11 years at Pendle Hill, which is sort of a retreat, think tank sort of a place. Um, he's the sanest human being I've ever heard speak, um, and, and just an amazing, amazing man who's now 75 or 76. With him um, at this conference up in Camden, Maine, was this young woman named Courtney Miller, and she's uh, 33 or 34. She has been doing a blog um, about the new feminism for some time. She, too, is this amazingly wise um, and smart person. So I thought that rather than tell you about this, I would actually um, share with you a little bit of, of, of what they had to say during this conference. And then I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I apologize for, for my um, rudimentary technology. And I, and I, and I noticed in um, the first service... They seem to speak a little fast, a little faster when it's mic'd. Um, so listen carefully, but um, it's really worth listening to. And I tried to get it down to half the speed, but it was too, um, too echoey. So listen. Kind of guy, so that's uh, how I'm, what I'm going to devote my life to. Um, I am an individual with a voice. I am also embedded in a community on which I am highly dependent, from which I came and to which I will return. And I include the community of the natural world in that. And, and I need both the chutzpah and the humility to be there fully, to be there now, and to be there in a life-giving way. I'm Krista Tippett, and this is On Being. Today, in a cross-generational conversation okay? with thinkers and writers, Parker Palmer and Courtney Martin, we're at the 2014 Pop Tech Conference in Camden, Maine, with the theme of rebellion. So there's a phrase of Thomas Merton that in everything there is a hidden wholeness that you both have reflected on in your writing. And I wonder if you'd just talk a little bit about um, what you think that has to say to 21st century people. And with this theme of rebellion kind of in mind. Well, I think it's an act of rebellion to be a whole person, right? It's an act of rebellion to show up as your whole self. And especially the, the parts that are complex, that are unfinished, that are vulnerable. Um, you know, in part because of the internet and we're talking about sort of living online versus living on land and who you, sh who you sort of curate yourself to be, et cetera. I think there's been, never been more pressure um, to kind of parcel yourself to, you know, Irvin Goffman, the sociologist, talked about sort of these performative selves, and I feel like it's like it's never been more 
kind of asked of us to show up as only slices of ourselves in different places. So I think even just to, to feel like you're showing up as your whole self in different settings is a, is a pretty rebellious act. But I also think it's really something deeper about um, discomfort was mentioned earlier, and I think it's, it's a word that probably hasn't come up enough over the course of our time together, is that we're in a time that I think can create too much comfort if you let it. And so there's something about being whole but being uncomfortable in that wholeness and like holding those things together. Do you know what I mean, Parker? I'm trying to like grapple it with what the relationship between discomfort and wholeness is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you're right on target, Courtney. I, you know, I, I, I was listening to you with great appreciation and thinking, I love your phrase, you know, it's an act of rebellion to show up as someone trying to be whole. And I would add, as someone who believes that there is a hidden wholeness beneath the very evident brokenness of our world. And somebody who wants to say that somehow part of that hidden wholeness is love, part of that hidden wholeness is our fellow feeling for each other, part of that hidden wholeness is a desire to make this thing work and to work it out together. Um, the act of persisting in, in those fundamental beliefs that something better is possible I think this is courage, and I try to call myself to it every day, and I often fail. So, so what's powerful for me is this notion that trying to seek this sense of wholeness, trying to be whole, um, trying to be, to be present, what, what Courtney Martin said was it's an act of rebellion just to be present. It's an act of rebellion just trying to be whole. It, it's, it's an act of, of rebellion trying to, to live in that vulnerability that, that she talks about that is such an important part of wholeness. And how that, in, in our culture today, for her, it's rebellious. It's an act of rebellion. Um, it's what prophets do. A little bit before that, maybe you caught it, Parker Palmer talked about, about having chutzpah, and, and at the same time having a sense of humility, having, having this, this sense of confidence in what you stand for, but, but knowing deep down in, inside that one is, is humble, is vulnerable, is, is um, the potential of not knowing at all, or, or maybe the potential of, of, of what we do know a, as being maybe wrong. So, so how do we be both sure and confident in what we believe in and what we express to one another. And, and at the same time, how do we be humble? It's, for me, when I was reading these readings this morning, it's all about being a prophet. That's what a prophet is. A prophet, in the very best sense of the world, of the word, is, is both sure and also at the same time humble. Um, to be a prophet is to stand up and, and to clearly express a feeling or, or a thought or a belief, and at the same time to be humble enough to know that there's more. There's more in terms of being whole. Um, in our first reading, Moses is saying goodbye to the people. And he says, and so there will be another prophet that will be with you, and this prophet will be from your own people. And he says that twice. And it made me realize that Moses wasn't from those people. Moses was really an Egyptian. His first language was Egyptian. His upbringing was in the court of the Pharaoh. 
that when Moses came to be with the people of Israel, he was coming to them really um, in many ways as a foreigner. I like to think about it as that he was more comfortable with an Egyptian headrest with a snake on front than he was with a yarmulke on. Of course, they didn't wear yarmulkes in those days, but, but that's the image that I get is, is that he really was a prophet coming in from another place and a voice coming in from another place. And what was promised to the people now was that this prophet, this new prophet, would be from your own people. Twice, the writer of Deuteronomy says, and the prophet will come from your own people. The gospel writers... Uh, um, we know had something to say about that, and what they all had to say about that was a prophet is not known in his or her own hometown. A prophet is not recognized, is not listened to, is not honored um, with their own people. So there seems to be a real distinction here that what Moses was calling this, this new prophet to was to prophesy, was to be an exemplar, to stand up in front of one's own people and say um, the words that the people are thirsty to hear, but to say it with vulnerability and compassion and with love, as a true prophet does, as Jesus did as a prophet. That, that sense of being a prophet then comes from a sense of authority. And we hear that in the gospel. Who is this man, they ask themselves, who speaks with such authority and not as one of the scribes? Who is this man who speaks with such authority. And it made me go back to my seminary word studies and to realize that there are two words in the Greek that are very similar to one another. One is authority and the other one is power. I looked it up online. There's a lot of conversation in English, too, about what does it mean to have authority as opposed to what does it mean to have power. Power and authority, are they the same thing? Um, and how are they different? Well, in the Greek, there are two separate words as well, and it's very, very different. Um, to have power means that, that, that you have that, that ability to influence from the magnitude of who you are. To have power is like being a, a, a steam engine. You, you, you have the power because you have the might. You have the army or, or, or you have the law. Like the scribes had the knowledge. They had the law behind them. But to have authority, um, in the Greek to have exousia, authority comes from a very different place. Authority comes from a sense of vulnerability. Authority comes from that, that, that sense of, of, of constancy, being able to be relied upon. When one has authority, it's because of one's life, not because of one's position. Now, we know a lot about power in our society today. We have the powerful all ar around us. It's the powerful that run our society today. Um, I, I look at the politicians and and it's been at least a generation since we've had a politician that I think has spoken with authority and not spoken with power. They don't speak from vulnerability anymore. They don't speak from compassion anymore. They speak from whatever power it is that they hold. Um, and that's not a prophet. There are no prophets in our time. Um, the prophets that I, that I remember, um, they all died in 1968. Isn't that remarkable? All my prophets died in one year. Um, Martin and Bobby and Thomas Merton, and, and they all died in the same year, Malcolm X. How could it be that we lost an entire generation of prophets, men who stood um, for vulnerability and compassion and understanding, men who could actually change their minds? You know, Malcolm X um, stood for one thing and, and had an amazing experience in his life, and all of a sudden he stood for something very different. 
we call men who do that today flip-floppers. But to be able to, to, to have that authority to change one's sense of, of being, um, I miss that. I, I don't have that in my life anymore. There are no more prophets in my life. I don't see them. They're all gone. So maybe um, my suggestion is that we have to be prophets for one another. Maybe you are now the prophets in my life, and maybe I can be in yours. Maybe that sense of vulnerability and love, that sense of compassion, truly be abling, being able to understand, one, listening carefully to one another, as Parker Palmer says, listening to one another is much more important than spouting some words of, of, of assurance or, or words of power. Maybe now it's time to really see that the prophets in our world um, are among us, that they are indeed us, that you are prophets. Um, maybe it's time to not think about 1968 anymore, but for those of you who, who are around 40 and even younger, maybe you are the prophets of this next generation. Maybe us older ones, maybe we can be a source of wisdom for you and hopefully um, some, some sense of, of a touchstone for something that's different, but it's you. It's you who now must be the prophets in this world. You must stand up and, and from your vulnerability and from your love, speak truth, truth to power. So that's my thought for this morning, is, is that, that if we are to have prophets in our time, uh, men and women who can stand up and speak the truth in love, then they are among us today. They are at your right hand and at your left. And for that, um, I find hope. And I find um, joy because I am among you as well. But make no mistake, if we have prophets, they are here in this room.